Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 4, Side 2, Track 1, Cherish. I love Cherish. It's a sweet song. It's an unabashed love song full of little tune worms that just stick in your brain and never leave. It's a throwback to True Blue for me. Like it feels like a song that could have been on True Blue, though it's a little more mature and sophisticated, you know, sonically as well as I guess lyrically, though, ultimately the lyrics are a lot of cliches and other song titles and some apparently Romeo and Juliet quotes um, strung together? Well, it, it takes its title from the Association song from 1966. Cherish is a word I use to describe All the feeling that I have fighting here for you inside she, I think I've said this before, she doesn't like this song. She, um, the politically incorrect quote is, this is one of the most retarded songs I've ever written. Well, I think it, it makes sense after all the darkness on the first side of, of Like a Prayer that we needed kind of a palate cleanser. And we, Absolutely. Needed, we needed to return to love. And I would assume that um, people around her were saying, you know, you really need... Uh, uh, just a traditional love song. And this is really the only love song aside. Um, this really is the only traditional celebratory song about love on yes. the album. And um, I think it's also another step in, in like you said, uh, a maturity to Madonna. This song feels a little bit more lived in. The craft is really, really um, solid on it. This was um, the third single off the album, which again, just pointing to my 10 Madonna template, this is mm. always the third single is the sweetest single in the album before it was True Blue and the album before that is Angel. Yeah. Interestingly enough, um, this also was a number one song on the adult contemporary charts. This was the first time Madonna made a strong appearance there. Um, kind of adhering to the fact that Madonna's fans, A, were getting older, and or B were not just teenagers and kids, but she had found a wider audience of adults. Yeah. Well, the song also has so many influences from 60s and 50s doo-wop, you know, and those sorts of sounds that it sort of falls into a nice adult contemporary place. On the pop charts, it was number two. Mm. It peaked at number two. 
it, um, number one was actually um, Janet Jackson. I think it was Miss You Much. Uh, Janet Jackson and Madonna both had like these kind of sweet songs around this time. And um, Janet had two, actually. She had Escapade and Love Will Never Do Without You. Both of those super sweet songs and Madonna's Cherish sort of is like similar vibe. And Love Will Never Do Without You was also um, a video that was directed by Herb Ritz, who also directed Madonna's Cherish video. In fact, it's the first video he ever directed. Um, and was this like the beginning of photographers directing? Because this starts like, a, I, I'm just noticing there's a lot of photographer, art photographers and fashion photographers at this time and, and subsequently who directed videos. Was this kind of a breakthrough thing, do you think? It may have been. I know that he, that she said, I want you to direct a video. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. And she said, learn in the next few weeks and then come and do it, you know? So yeah. it could have been that she started a trend there. I'm not sure. I know that, you know, Herberts went on to do the, that Janet Jackson video. He did Michael Jackson's In the Closet. He did Wicked Game. And they all have this similar look to them. The moodiness. Yeah. There's a mood. Despite, despite the joy in the song, there's a kind of moodiness to the video. And sexy, um, sexy. Oh, it's so sexy. Because um, I would say that the video to this song is just as iconic as the, as like like a prayer or express yourself in Absolutely. terms of look. And... and um, a couple things about it. There's a child once again in the video dancing on the beach when it starts. Um, again, hearkening back to kind of this this innocence that Madonna's always trying to keep on her and and recapture, which I also think um, also explains some of the lyrical whimsy, the Romeo and Juliet, and um, saying he's a, you know give me my joy, my boy. Like she wants to keep herself innocent. Um, and then um, Madonna is cavorting in a little dress um, in the ocean. And then she's visited by some mermans. Merman, yes. One of them being Tony Ward, yes. who becomes Madonna's um, boyfriend in the early 90s. Yes, um, and co-star of a, of a little uh, video called Justify My Love. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. In 1990 and 91. And he also is in this amazing Bruce LaBruce movie, Hustler White, which I recommend to all my queer friends out there. Um, the dialogue uh, isn't amazing, let's just say. It is. It's quintessential 90s queer yes. cinema, right? Yeah. Um, look, I think this idea of the child is really important um, to this whole album. And I think we end the first side with the song, which I've proposed is her playing her father and singing to her as a little girl. Then we have Cherish, which is this unabashed love story. And then as we're moving forward inside two, I think that I would propose the next four songs that they're all about family that everything is about different angles yeah. of family mm -hmm. and that she's thinking about her values at this point after being sort of through the ringer, you know, yeah. what is she going to come back to? And that the child plays really, especially in the next two songs or all three, right. the next four songs, like the, the idea of child plays looms so large in all of them. And then there's that beautiful moment where she um, holds the, 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 the child mermaid, mermaid, um, and, and it's very maternal and they compare muscles and they do all kinds of little moments of, and she turns her head to her again um, to sing cherish is the word I used to remind me of your love. And I just love it. I just think it's so beautiful and, and um, 
a real moment of, I think, genuine, that's what Madonna cares about and that's who Madonna is. Yeah. Um, apparently in the video, the mermen, after they were in the suits, had to be carried out because obviously they couldn't walk. <laughs> you can only imagine those big guys being carried into oh the ocean. God. Those beautiful men. Oh, They're so beautiful. beautiful. When they the, pop I, out of the ocean. Yeah. They're yeah. iconic um, Herbert's men. That's what the kind of yeah. men that he used to photograph Gorgeous. for film. And, um, and, you know, I think that intimacy of the video is really one of the most, is the thing that's signature for her Brits. Like he got that out of everybody he worked with. He got really close to them in a way where they, yeah, maybe they knew they were being filmed or not, but he would find the right light and the right moment. And then he would just like capture them in a, in a moment where they didn't, they weren't, they, that we see beyond a mask. You know, mm, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so she only did the song live on the Blind Admission tour, um, in basically a recreation of this video, uh, along with the lovely harp solo that she does. Um, and I think that's maybe for the best. Um, this song has never felt like it fit into any of the narrative arcs of her her tours, um, which I think is kind of it, it's very much a moment of celebration without any kind of forward moment momentum and so um i think over the years i've always been like why won't she sing cherish again but then i think well where would cherish have fit into any of these tours and there's not really a place for it do you think the song is about sean penn or do you think she's writing about a, a kind of idealized future love i think she's just writing a song i don't think she's even writing about herself i think this is like madonna songwriter 101 um yeah. Apparently she this is this is what I read online. I don't know if this is true, but I love this idea that she wrote this song because um she was inspired by Romeo and Juliet, which she was reading in her dressing room during Speed the Plow when she wasn't on stage. I just have a hard time believing any of that story, but I love the image that <laughs> That she gets to the theater and she pulls out her book of Shakespeare and is reading plays before she goes on. I would give any amount of money to see Madonna in a production of Romeo and Juliet playing the nurse. I would do it. I would see any any amount of money. Any anything you want to do. So, as an extra special little treat this week, as we're talking about Cherish, um, a special song, and we have a special, a very lady special lady who's joining, who's joining us. us. In fact, she requested this. Yes. She did request it. So, Mark, it's true. Um, it's true. will you tell us who this is and what's what we're about to hear? Um, so, I recently got um, an opportunity to sit down with one of my favorite humans on this planet, my sister, Kate Snyder, who um, has loved this song, Cherish, uh, since she was a wee little child. And when she heard we were doing this podcast, the first thing she said to me was, well, I want to come on and talk about Cherish. And so that's what we did. And here's that conversation. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, I'm Kate Snyder, Mark's amazing sister. Amazing sister. Amazing sister. And uh, we're going to talk today uh, about Madonna and our long relationship. <laughs> Some a little um, longer than others. Oh, my goodness. Um, when did you first hear about Madonna? How did you find <laughs> I have been thinking about this. It was probably somewhere in the mid-90s that I can remember, and uh -huh. it was through you, actually. Talk more about that. <laughs> um, you were probably had her on either your boombox or your Walkman or whatever music thing was at that time. 
Mm-hmm. And they're probably just singing around, dancing and performing as usual. Um, so what did you think about Madonna when you heard her, when I started forcing her on you? Um, to be honest, I thought she was a little raunchy. Mm-hmm. Me being the good, innocent girl that I was, I thought she was, she was a bit much and over the top for me initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you still hear her on the radio? And what do you think when you hear her in the... I mean, I was in a Lowe's yesterday in Brooklyn and they played Don't Tell Me and we started to, to uh, high step dance. That's a cowboy song. She was into country then. That was, that was when they both met. And we were, um, my friends. Or she had like were, the turquoise top on with the curly hair. Oh, fabulous. that one. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think of when you hear her in the store that you know? I, I don't know if I'd recognize her new stuff. Yeah. But once in a while, her old stuff will pop on and. Like, was it Lucky Star popped up on the radio the other day? I had to stop and listen. Oh, that's sweet. Um, so let's talk about the song. You wanted to talk about which song? Cherish, my all-time fave. And, and why did you pick this song? Um, I think, again, it, it goes, I kind of apparently like to be different, which I never realized I did. Um, when I kind of started listening to her, you were into Vogue and Like a Prayer and all those, and they just seemed a little dark and a little more sexual. And then Cherish came on, and it just seemed a little more carefree and fun. thinking about it the other day I'm like I probably should look up the meaning of the song just to make sure it's not some underlying horrible sexual thing that I didn't realize no it doesn't it, sound in like all honesty it. it's like one of the most uh, unabashed love songs she ever wrote like there's nothing ironic nothing it's just it, it, it's as sincere as she gets which is why she hasn't done it ever since 19. I was very disappointed when I heard it. it's one of her least favorite songs. Yeah, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. Um, did you do you remember the video? I, I watched it the other day. What did you? Oh my god, you did! I what did. Think? Um, well, that's why I had to look up the meaning because I mean, she's you know, ha, you know, half dressed, moving around on the beach, and that's not quite so innocent. Um, but then you had the merman moving around and. I thought the ending was a little strange with the whale's tails. It's supposed to be the yeah. merman, but. And I like the black, I actually like the black and white. It seemed a little more artistic than some of the other stuff. I mean, those mermen are sexy. I don't know. <laughs> um, so um, what did you, do you own this song? I was one of the, one of the questions you asked me was, did I have like the album that it's on? Yeah. And I actually don't have any album. That's the only song I have of hers. It's, I bought it through iTunes years ago. Yeah. I might have one of her greatest hit ones, but I probably inherited it from you. Probably. I probably gave you a cassette or something. Because I think, I think Cherish is actually on that. It's probably the cassette of, of Immaculate Collection. The CD. Or CD. Do I you know the C- CD? I think I do. I could probably. be wrong. I may have bought it for you because I was like, you must have. I'm, I may have stolen it from you. <laughs> Why did you steal it? I don't know. I don't know how I ended up with it. Do you, are you kind of proud that you like Madonna or are you ashamed that you like this, this one song? No, I don't. Um, the more I listen to the, 
the podcast, a little plug here for you. I actually start liking more. I like more of her older stuff and I didn't realize all of those songs. And I do remember them. It just has kind of faded away. But the more I listen to them, the more I like the songs again. Well, and I was going to say about, you know, I just remember her stuff being a little darker, I guess. And then Cherish was more poppy. And then I hear all these other songs that are like actually really poppy from yeah. before, even before Cherish. Yeah. Yeah. That I'd forgotten about. Well, and when we were kids, I mean, when I was, when I was in 1992, when I was in high school and you were in like, you know, probably late fifth grade, sixth grade, she was making her darkest stuff and I was home blasting that stuff. So, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense that, like erotica and all of that was happening. And and that was really um, a potent time for me. And and I just remember blasting it a lot. Mm-hmm. And mom had finally um, given up the ghost of keeping her away from me because she, <laughs> you know, we battled over that. Um, do you still listen to Madonna? If, if it comes on the radio or, and, you know, at work we have the radio on, I'll kind of pause and give her a listen. And how do you feel now about uh, Madonna in this new, in this era, having listened to now so much of the the show and the nostalgia of it? Does it make you curious to listen to more recent stuff or are you going to keep listening to the podcast after we get out of the the 90s? No, I'm done after this episode. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) What would you like to see Madonna do? And I know that you're not thinking a lot about Madonna these days, but like, is there something you've always wanted to have her do? Because I know you've not seen her live and I don't know, know you don't have a lot of interest in that. So I, I would like to see her live at some point because I think she would be a good entertainer. She's great. And it She's would be really nice great. to say I've at least seen her once. Yeah. Um, I know she hasn't had a huge success in her film career, but I wouldn't mind seeing her sneak in there. You know, maybe not the main character, but just a part. That's a good idea because we talk a lot on the podcast about about how Madonna is not great as the lead. She's great in like smaller, mm-hmm. like League of Their Own, I think, is a great role yeah. for Madonna because she's like, she's was, in it. On, and she's in it. the other day. What do you, do you like League of Their I Own? I love, that's one of my all-time favorite movies. See? And like, I, I see her and I recognize her, but I don't think of her as Madonna. And I always think that's a good way to see if an actress or an actor is actually good is that you forget who they are. They're yeah. not, you know, they're the character. They're no longer Madonna. Or and Britney that movie is really in interesting. What? Say that or, again? Or Britney Spears in Crossroads. Oh God. Don't even, <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about Britney Spears. <laughs> what has Madonna and the song Cherish taught you about life? Oh my gosh. Be carefree and not afraid to dance on the beach. <laughs> I, have no wonderful. I have no, no idea. That's great. That's I fantastic. have no idea what to say. That's fantastic. And believe in love. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you know, some of her other songs were a little more, I don't want to say against love, but it was more of a battle. Yeah. This one was just, hey, I love you. Let's Let's, let's celebrate. <laughs> let's celebrate. Um. I have a dream that when Katie gets married, that I'll get to sing this at your wedding. Okay. (laughs) What is more crazy, that you will get married in a public way uh, or 
that I would sing it at your wedding. That I would get married in a public <laughs> way. I mean, I, if I do get married in a public setting, you'll have no problem grabbing the mic and... Oh, Do of course. You <laughs> You'll want me to by then. You'll be so mortified by it all. Well, you're my favorite Madonna fan. Thank you. You really are. And whenever I listen to Cherish, I think of you always. It's your song to this day, every day. And I listen to it every year on my birthday. I always listen to uh, Like a Prayer, the whole album. Oh, okay. And you, when it comes on, it's, it's your song. It really is. And I was so happy. I remember when you, when you, you voiced it, you liked it. It meant so much to me because it was so, Madonna was so um, misfitty to our mm-hmm. childhood. And I wasn't, you know, I was like the only one. Nobody liked Madonna around us. And it really meant a lot to me that Cherish was the way in. Why do you think you were the only one? I mean, if she was, she was a pretty big star at the huge, time. Huge. Like, why do you think, like, I don't know, our school or town didn't, weren't huge Madonna fans? Um, oh, God. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the Catholicism. I mean, you and I grew up in a, a, a college, a, a small Catholic town. Um, not, not, Warren wasn't Catholic, but like everybody we knew was Catholic. We went to Catholic school for we 12 went to years. School, we went to Catholic church. I mean, so I think that that, she was kind of a persona non grata. Um, so maybe if we'd gone to the public school, it would have been different? Maybe. I probably would have found more fa- fellow fans. All right, I'm, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, who's your favorite host of How All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna? <laughs> That's a tough one. Kenny's pretty fun. Kenny's pretty great. Complete this sentence for me. Madonna is... She's rolling her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I told you these questions would be... This is not on the list. This is not on the list. I know, I know, I know. I was looking at this list. Madonna is... Unique. You're unique, unique New York. Unique, you're unique, Katie. Well, I love you very much. Thank you for doing this. You're I welcome. hope you had fun. I did. Oh my God. Your sister is amazing. First of all, that she obviously loves me more than she loves you on the show, which is of course correct. But also, I just you rehearsed that. <laughs> uh-huh. No, you were hoping that you thought that was a softball and that it was coming to you. <sighs> but, you know, it's just it's fascinating to me, like the different entry points that people have with Madonna. And this was a really beautiful reminder of how how those different facets of her, you know, connect with other people. You know, when we talk about Cherish, we talked about how much we loved it, but we didn't talk about it as like, you know, our favorite song, that the only song that, you know, that we'll go back and listen to over and over again. So it's really interesting. Well, and and hearing her talk about it in a in an articulate way was, you know, because I've always known she loves the song. And um, but to have her really like specify her experience was really um eye-opening for me. I mean, I, I blared music all through my childhood out of my my room. And um, I would have been more conscious of it had I known it was being so impactful. And, um, 
And the other thing I was really drawn to was the sense of timing. And I had forgotten that, you know, in 1992, I was probably 16 years old. So Katie would have been 10 when erotica came out. So to be a 10-year-old listen, hearing erotica blaring out my, you know, bedroom window, um, I think would have been really kind of um, yeah. Well, it explains different. That yeah, explains why she felt like Madonna was so dark and how this song was a, a you know um, a, a a point of joy, even though it was from another time. It like it's like oh, this is a part of Madonna I really like. I just yeah. want to say, Mark, to like I just love the way you two talk to each other, and <laughs> I just love that the older brother and you came out, and I think as we've yeah. been talking about this album and how important it is specifically to your childhood and this time in your childhood and um hearing somebody from your childhood was really a yeah. beautiful thing and um i i appreciate you and katie for sharing that with us like the song says your family is gold indeed till next time bye